0: I love food. I love cooking and I love baking food. Ages and ages and ages ago, I used to have a food blog. You know, I can sit and watch cooking shows all day long. If I had time, I would cook and bake all day, like every day. Maybe in another life somewhere in a different multiverse, I'm a famous celebrity chef. Well, in this universe, one of the most famous chefs is Jacques Pepin. And an interesting story you may not know about him is how he turned down John F. Kennedy and Jacqueline Kennedy's invitation to work in their White House. Welcome to episode 164 of This Shit Works, a podcast dedicated to all things networking, relationship building, and business development. I'm your host, Julie Brown, speaker, author, and networking coach. And today I am discussing why training and positive reinforcement might be the key to hiring new talent. Welcome to This Shit Works. Your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. I was reading one of the latest issues of the Harvard Business Review, and all the way at the back on the very last page was a short little interview with Jacques Papin. And I mean short, no more than a handful of paragraphs. But one of them stood out to me. After training in Paris, Jacques served as the personal chef for three French presidents. And he mentioned that during this time, he served everyone from Eisenhower to Macmillan. And that no one would ever call you into the dining room to give you kudos for a delicious meal. If anyone came to the kitchen or called out for you, it was simply to complain. In 1960, he was asked by JFK and Jacqueline Kennedy to work in their White House, but he declined and took a job with Howard Johnson. Perhaps in part due to his experience working in other presidential kitchens, but mostly he said, Howard Johnson's was a world of mass production, marketing, chemistry of food, and American eating habits. He spent 10 years at Howard Johnson's, and he credited the training that he received there with his ability to start his own restaurant and then work at Windows of the World and the Russian Tea Room. So that got me thinking. What made the difference for him was positive reinforcement and the ability to continue to learn and grow on the job. So, how do we do that for our employees? How do we use this combination to create a positive and healthy work environment? Well, let's start with investing in the growth of our employees through training. Like that was important to him. When you think of training, you might picture formal workshops or onboarding sessions, but it's much more than that. Training can encompass ongoing learning and development that empowers employees to enhance their skills that they already have, knowledge, new abilities. This training can be directly related to their job, whether that be technical or hands-on, or it could be for softer skills such as networking, <laughs> ding ding ding, reducing burnout, you know, confidence building, negotiations, you know. Continuing training keeps employees engaged and motivated, and it definitely shows that the company that they work at is invested in their success. So, you know, what kinds of training could you offer in the workplace? Like, think about all of the different things that would be available to your employees to help them be well-rounded employees and, and grow in their positions and spread their wings and learn new things. Well, what about positive reinforcement? Like Jacques said, no one gave kudos for a good job. Like, you were just expected to do a good job. And I'm not saying everybody's got to get a fucking trophy. I'm saying that when the only feedback you get is when someone has a complaint, it feels pretty shitty, right? But I'm sure you've all been in in that position or been able to relate to that in some point in your career where you've worked so hard for things and you've done so many things right and yet the only thing people notice if you do something small wrong. Positive reinforcement is like the fuel that keeps the training engine running smoothly. Like they want to continue to learn. When employees receive praise and recognition for their efforts, it reinforces the desired behaviors it encourages them to keep proving. That's what I just said. You know, it fosters a culture of appreciation and boosts morale throughout the organization. Don't get me wrong. We all love money. I love money. You love money. We love making money. But compensation isn't the only way for us to show that we appreciate someone in the job that they do. People want to feel valued and appreciated for their hard work. When they receive positive reinforcement, it creates a sense of belonging and loyalty to the organization. Plus, it often leads to increased productivity and better teamwork. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I actually don't even know where my company stands when it comes to these two factors, where would we start? Well, we'd start by assessing our organization's current training and recognition systems. Does your company have a well-rounded training program? Is it aligned with your company goals and values? Is there a culture within the company that values learning and appreciates employee contributions? What kinds of training could be offered to help your employees grow in their positions or grow into new positions throughout the company? Can you discover new training opportunities and ideas and then communicate the importance of these various training options to your leadership and executive team? Now, when it comes to recognition, do you have a formal or even informal recognition program that celebrates more than simply how long people have been at the company? Like, you know, oh, it's their fifth anniversary, their 10th anniversary. Like, that's not a formal recognition program. What about what they do for the company from a cultural perspective, from a mentoring perspective, from a business perspective? You know, Employees who receive continuous positive reinforcement are more likely to be innovative and productive. They feel empowered to take calculated risks, explore new ideas, and contribute to the company's success in new and exciting ways. Anyways, I loved how this quick little article, actually just that little paragraph, made me think about training and recognition in so many different and fun ways. All right. Okay. Okay. On to the drink of the week, which honestly could have gone in so many different directions. I first started by Googling what cocktails were served in the Kennedy White House and discovered that the daiquiri was JFK's favorite drink and that Jackie preferred champagne. I also, interestingly enough, found an article talking about how at JFK's first presidential event ever in January 1961, the event had a full Bar like you could have whatever you wanted, and and then the Washington Post reported after that event quote for the first time there was a bar in the state dining room with waiters to stir up martinis or pour vodka scotch bourbon and champagne unquote and then the letters from the public started pouring in protesting and objecting to President Kennedy having cocktails at the White House like seriously. So I could have gone down that route, which was fascinating. But I ended up looking up some of Jacques' cocktail recipes and I found a video in which he makes a Kier cocktail, which is, um, I, I used to have a take on this, which was the Kier Royale, which I used to drink ages ago. And he mentions that this Kier cocktail is his wife's favorite cocktail. And so that's what we're going to make today because he was the inspiration for this episode. And it's so easy and simple. You need two ingredients, creme de cassis and dry white wine. You simply take a fourth ounce of creme de cassis and five ounces of dry white wine, obviously chilled. So in a wine glass, you'd pour in the cassis first and then slowly add the dry white wine. Now, if you want to make the Kir Royale, which I just mentioned, it's the same exact cocktail. But instead of sparkling wine, I'm sorry, instead of uh, still wine, you use sparkling wine. And it's delicious. Um, all right, friends, that's all for this week. Aren't you so glad I'm, just, I mean, I'm just so glad the cocktails are back. I know, I think I say it every week, but I'm so glad the cocktails are back. If you like what you heard today, please leave a review and subscribe to, subscribe to the podcast. Also, please remember to share the podcast to help it reach a larger audience. If you want more Julie Brown, you can find my book, This Shit Works, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can find me on LinkedIn at Julie Brown. Just let me know where you found me when you reach out. I am Julie Brown underscore bd on the Instagram, or you could pop on over to my website, juliebrownbd.com. Until next week, cheers.